Welcome, welcome, welcome to season three of CMA's Construction Leaders Podcast. We have a lot of great topics and guests coming up this season, but we're excited to get this season kicked off today with something everyone in the construction industry should be thinking about. Now we know construction projects are intricate endeavors that involve a series of well-defined phases, each playing a pivotal role in successful project completion. If you don't know that by now, please take a second, pause, go back, and listen to some of our previous podcasts. Among these phases, pre-construction stands as a critical precursor, setting the stage for what's to follow. Pre-construction represents the initial planning and preparatory stage where project stakeholders lay the groundwork for a seamless construction process. Pre-construction is not merely a preparatory step. It is the stage where informed and essential decisions can significantly impact the project's overall success. And by meticulously addressing crucial factors during this phase, such as cost estimation, regulatory compliance, and risk management, the stakeholders can minimize setbacks, anticipate challenges, and optimize the construction process. Here to kick off season three with us is the founder of Concentrix, Steve Del Orta. Steve is going to discuss with us the importance of risk management in the pre-construction phase, the potential risks that can arise, and how to mitigate them effectively. He is a 26-year construction industry veteran, and he has helped complete some notable projects like the Golden State Warriors Arena and Development, the Salesforce Tower, Facebook's San Francisco Park Tower, and Seattle's Convention Center expansion, Manchester's Grand Hyatt, as well as many others. And since launching Concentric in 2021, Steve and his team are on a mission to make the built environment more affordable, predictable, and sustainable, and are uniquely positioned to transform the future for the construction and real estate industries. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thanks, Nick and Carly. Thanks for having me. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about why you started Concentric? Uh, yeah, as you pointed out, I'm a 26-year veteran, not counting the years I've spent now with Concentric, but as an operations person, project management, that route all the way through the leadership of business units and divisions within a top 10 general contractor accomplished a lot, but really the focus for what we achieved growth-wise is a fantastic story. Growing from a few projects, a couple hundred million in revenues to over 2 billion on a sustained basis. Doesn't happen overnight, doesn't happen without a team and a lot of hard work, but the results spoke for themselves, particularly not just how much work we were ultimately winning, but the winning percentage averaging 60 to 66% in any given year as a win rate, as well as increasing our margin by 44%. Ultimately, I think one of the cornerstones to our success was the very intent focus we put on pre-construction. And as you mentioned, it's a precursor. It's, it sets the stage for the next phase. I always saw it as the most critical phase in the project delivery life cycle. It is where you're setting the table for success for the years going forward. But at the same time, I'm coming to the table on these projects with our teams and interfacing with the client, observing how this interaction is going. And I got to tell you, it just whether it was a, a project with a contract value of a couple hundred thousand or certainly the billion dollar plus projects I was involved with, there's a lot of commonality. It's typically the difference is just the number of zeros and commas. Process is generally the same, but so too are the challenges. And there's 
probably no more important career path than the professionals that can operate in the abstract and factor the vision and the objectives of the customer and then manage and develop the plan such that they can have a successful construction kickoff, yet it's the least supported phase of the project from the standpoint of technology, more advanced use of data. And this is the phase that trillions of dollars, literally trillions of dollars are flowing through this portion of the project life cycle and to not be able to capture or use any more than 4%, which is the reported average of how much data is truly structured and usable is baffling. And so I literally felt that pain and decided I'm better off solving the problem because I knew I could, and I knew I could solve it at scale and really make a positive impact on the industry, not just doing it from project to project or as a leader within a singular construction company. Yeah, so I was born to do just that. Uh, yeah, I bet that it would help if people would focus a little bit more on this for the claims order that come later down on in most projects because they didn't spend enough time on that pre-construction. Absolutely. I think people may not appreciate that. Just in my career, I've seen the industry transition from virtually 100% hard bid deliveries to now 85% or more projected to be done under some form of collaborative delivery, which obviously is pre-construction, whether it's design build or CM at risk, it just involves the stakeholders coming together, the owner, the design team, the general contractor, design builder, and key subcontractors to plan and get ready for the start of construction. And that yields a heck of a lot more predictability, collaboration, less claims, less friction during construction if done well. But fundamentally, the arrangement by contract and people aren't the only factors in the equation for success. You have to have information and data, and that's where technology currently is underutilized. But at the same time, it's the opportunity that if we can get our arms around that, it's a force multiplier and it's going to do a heck of a lot more as we think about risk being the topic for today, an enormous game changer. Steve, let's talk about some of the specific pre-construction risks. In your perspective, what do you think some of the most commonly overlooked pre-construction risks are that can significantly impact the project success that you were talking about? Good question. There's a few levels of risk. I personally think that there's just a massive risk in continuing to try to plan these projects without employing more sophisticated methods. Everybody in the business understands the risks involved. You have a client that is taking enormous risk to develop something. Whatever it is, there's got to be an outcome. There's a utilization that they're planning on and a financial return. And from inception through activation of whatever that is. It could be as quick as three years. It could be as long as 10 or 12 on some of these larger, more sophisticated projects. And that's an enormous amount of time to go through life without any degree of true certainty. As a builder, you are engaged in a project during that time frame, and you are signing a contract that in essence is betting your company. And if things go south, they could go south in a big way. And there are many companies that have gone bankrupt in our industry, unfortunately, because they weren't getting that right. So there's almost a 
unlimited downside and a very limited upside, which is challenging. So there's that kind of a risk. But within a project at the project level, you have market risks about if you've budgeted something at X and then a year later you actually engage with the marketplace and things have changed and the price can be significantly higher and somebody's going to own that. And that's a massive risk. I think you've got the general risk of anticipating and reading the market correct for the given facility that you're delivering to market and whether or not you can actually get the returns that you are expecting. But it does come down at that level to the performa, and there's a lot of risk. You, you're forecasting a given return based on the cost and what you can either rent it for or whatever the means of revenue or income. And you look today from the cost perspective, so much volatility and the margins or the, the delta that make a job either a go or a no-go are perceived to be really tight. I think the unfortunate thing is that it is, and that go, no go factor is a very thin line. And there's a lot of stuff not being built, hospitals and educational facilities, et cetera, that the real unfortunate situation is we're dealing with such imprecise information and data that you have to compensate for that uncertainty. And that means contingencies and numbers that are maybe a little bit more than what they really need to be, but it's perfectly understandable with the risks that are in play. But if we could solve that, there's uh, an enormous amount of projects, critical projects, housing, things that our society needs that could be unlocked because they are truly affordable. We just need to be able to have the confidence in the data over time to you know, make those commitments and, and bet, be able to bet our companies, if you will, that we can do it for that given price. I know that's a lot. I'm trying to make sure people don't get too myopic when we talk about risk, because I do think that's common. People think about risk and they instantly go to risk management and they instantly go to just insurance. And as you're thinking about these projects, it's everybody's job to be thinking outside of the construction fence and really identify at a more macro level, what are the risks out there that could threaten the success of the project? Let's identify them and let's be working to drive that risk out of the project in this pre-construction planning phase and invest as much time and energy in that as we do with the simple, the estimating um, efforts and the things that are what you're typically thinking that you should be doing, but I think everybody should be taking a much broader look at the full plate, which risk plays a, a big part of that pie. Of all the pre-construction activities, if you had to narrow it down to just a few that had the greatest ROI to reduce risk, what would you say are those activities? I think when you are budgeting a project and doing the estimating in the early phase, at some point you transition to, okay, I, as the general contractor, design builder, and with the owner included, we need to start bringing on the subcontractors and the, and the subject matter experts that are actually going to take on a scope of work and execute it. And it's that transition from estimating to then going to the market and bidding it out and that's a huge risk zone because it's risky in that, are you bringing on the right qualified subcontractors to actually do and execute the job without creating additional risk events along the way? But 
think about just the price risk of if you've been thinking something was worth $100 and then you bid it out and lo and behold, it turns out to be $120, being off the mark by that amount of money is a massive issue for a project. So I consider that to be one of the riskiest events on a project, but there's a lot of ways to mitigate that risk or ultimately reduce it almost to zero. But it's pretty intensive and it's pretty involved. And I think that's why that risk still is there. People just don't have time or expertise to really properly handle that process and drive that risk out of the project in the first place. And you had mentioned earlier, I think you talked a little bit about predictability versus uncertainty. And I'm just wondering how the pre-construction planning process helps balance predictability with flexibility and an ever-changing and evolving construction process. I think with the adoption of more collaborative deliveries and having the entity that is going to ultimately be responsible for delivering on time and on budget was a huge step back in the day. Think about uncertainty and the lack of predictability if you design a project in a vacuum without the cost and the schedule being truly factored. And then you go to market to find out that it's going to cost a lot more or it can't be done in that given time frame. Huge risk. But so having that partner involved that can really help along the way manage and help drive the alignment of design and budget as you go, and then ultimately factor in the critical time-related activities, the logistics, the phasing, et cetera, just makes for a much better outcome. But that is really only moving the needle by a very small amount. I think the big opportunity to drive far more predictability into the process and at the same time flexibility is getting our arms around the data. We as an industry, everybody's working off of Excel, static documents like PDFs, et cetera. But I think what people all realize is that's not actually real actionable structured data and it's not accessible. So we have to get to a place where all of that data and we move from 4% to the full 100% or somewhere closer to that where that data is truly in a place organized and structured in a way that is usable because then you can get far more predictability. We can start to learn from the last project and apply those learnings on the next project and the project after that. And then over time through the data, be able to see the patterns and recognize trajectories of where things are heading and be guided by that. And now you can start to really envision where you're going, measure it, learn from the past, and then drive for a, a much more predictable outcome. And at the same time, the flexibility of you need to make changes. You've got to change and tailor a design on the fly sometimes because there's a need to capture an ROI or something has changed and you need to pivot a little bit. And having that information at your fingertips to more in a much more agile fashion navigate to optimize that situation really can only be done with having that data and that information at your fingertips. This sounds almost too common sense for most people. I think this is <laughs> be the thing that everyone already does. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, the Construction Manager Certification Institute. Today's ANSI accredited certified construction manager brings professionalism to the project and provides leadership by unifying architects, general contractors, engineers, and facility managers to successfully complete the project. 
the CCM is familiar with the latest techniques and technologies of construction, from prefabrication to building information modeling. He or she thoroughly understands sustainable design and construction, how projects are financed, and how risks can be minimized and effectively shared. The certified construction manager is a communicator, a facilitator, a problem solver, a professional leader. Certified construction managers have the proven knowledge and experience to deliver all these values for every project. Make the CCM part of your strategy for success. For more information on the Certified Construction Manager, please visit cmcertification.org. So you talked about mitigating risks. How does effective pre-construction management not only mitigate immediate risks, but also contribute to the long-term success and sustainability of the project? That's a good question. I think if we think about the focus on the design and the budget alignment along the way, you're solving in pre-con immediate risk. And the immediate may be within the next six months, within the life cycle of construction or even the early stages. But if you also think about from a sustainability perspective, as well as the more longer term successes, I think just having the collaboration where the owner's objectives are laid out, understood, and everybody is driving in a much more clear, collaborative fashion to achieve those given objectives. I think that playbook is the playbook for success. So that asset is ultimately designed with that long-term success in mind. And I think that's becoming ever more critical because the importance of some of these facilities is critical part of our infrastructure. We can't do without it. We needed it yesterday, that sort of thing. But on a sustainability front, we all know the impacts that the built environment has or contributes to what we're experiencing with climate. And I think with data and with a platform that we're building at Concentric, having all of those factors baked into the decision-making today in a measurable way so that way you can model that out and make the best choice today that you can anticipate is going to yield results 20 years from now, if you think about the life cycle of a project, is immensely important. I was blown away with, we were a leader in my former company in the P3 delivery model. And when you are building projects that you are bringing the financing, you're doing the design, and you're also ultimately responsible for the 40-year operation and maintenance of that building and returning it back to the governmental agency in a like new condition, you really start to change the dynamic of the thinking about, do I make a first cost decision today? Or do I understand what are the life cycle implications over time for that decision? And it was just eye-opening how many opportunities we have to maybe spend a little bit of a premium today, but the payback periods are very in short term, but we just don't have that capability to think that way and have enough data to provide us the confidence to make those longer term, bolder decisions. We just get locked into this first cost decision-making, which is very limited and I think does compromise our ability to really factor in long-term success, particularly with doing things right in a sustainable way. I want to take you back just a second because we have some listeners who obviously aren't construction professionals and some that are early career professionals. Just a real quick Two-second, what's a P3? That's a public-private partnership, and that's where the model changes a little bit to rely more on the private sector to bring efficiency into the financing, the designing, and the operating of a facility 
and maintenance of a facility to do it in theory in a much more efficient way than if we do it the way that it has been done where the design and the builder is just coming in for a segment of that life cycle and plays no other role. And that's left up to the the owner, the agency that operates that building who may or may not be a real estate expert, but they're in charge of maintaining a, an asset for 30 or 40 years. I think there's a lot of information that would support that there's a more advanced, better model that would be a lot more efficient. So hopefully that answers the question of P3, and that can be applied to certain building types that has, we've seen that applied in the heavy civil highway space with fast lanes, toll lanes, those sorts of things. So it's a delivery model contractually, but applied to the, the real estate and construction industry. Great. Thank you for explaining that. So you talked about the power of data analytics a little bit. I know we've heard a lot about AI over the past year. Can you talk a little bit about some innovative technologies? What do you think is going to be most impactful going forward to help mitigate pre-construction risks? Yeah, I think in the last five, around the last five years, we've seen a dramatic increase in the, the number of companies, the amount of investment dollars that are flooding into the construction and real estate space. Everybody realizing that this industry is huge and it's also pretty far behind the curve in terms of the investment that is required to maintain a, a modern level in all things being developed and built. I think there's been a lot of investment and attention to optimizing things in the construction phase. And what we're most excited about at, at Concentric is the fact that pre-construction phase has been the least invested in, number one. Number two, it is at a stage where it is quite honestly is the being the pre-construction phase and all the people involved are desperate for some more advanced tools. There's no place in that life cycle where you can affect massive change because you're addressing things right at the root, meaning cost. You're helping set the table for success. So the things that you do in pre-con manifest itself in construction. And if you can better plan the project through visualization, what have you, life is going to be more predictable and simpler in the execution stage of the project. And that's why I've left and focused on solving the needs in pre-construction because there just isn't much there. And that's where a lot of this data, if it can be structured on behalf of our customers, amazing things can happen because what people don't appreciate is you have a very dynamic, iterative, and it's currently very fractured, but you have the stakeholders being the owner developer, the design team members, you have the builder, the design builder coming together to plan a job and make decisions going from the abstract to the full, like how to build the bike uh, manual, how to build the project. And along the way, there's very little in the way of data. There's at least 30 to 40 different workflows that everybody is not doing in sequence. One day you're doing A and B, and then you're going to G and then back to D and then up to Z. You're all over the place studying things. And all of these workflows are not mutually exclusive. They all interrelate time, money, risk, and they all affect each other and it's ongoing. So what we're doing at Concentric is really digitizing the best practices of those workflows because that's like building the pipe network for the data 
i.e. water, to flow through the pipes in a much more organized, structured, predictable way, and not doing it as a singular workflow, but to actually envision this as a platform where all of those workflows are in one environment, acts as a single source of truth. And then along the way, as other companies come in to solve a particular workflow as an open platform, we can interface. And so that way we can be the hub of pulling the best of the best together to provide this much more comprehensive software as a platform for you to do all of your pre-construction work and share it doing it in a very collaborative environment where the owner, the designers, everybody can be in this environment sharing all of the relevant information and making those decisions in a much more rapid and informed way. Bridget, I'm a project owner and you have two minutes to sell me on the value of pre-construction management and how it's going to ensure commitment and collaboration and what the value is of investing into the risk management at the pre-construction phase. Go. Sure. You have a need. You're trying to build the very thing that you need and you're dependent upon architects and engineers to design it. And two, you need to have professionals that ultimately know how to put it together and build it and guard you from the risk. And this isn't just a simple one-day transaction. We're going to live together for a two-year pre-construction period and then a three-year construction period. So over the span of five years, you need to have partners, you need to have a process, and you should be expecting a great deal of service and data and predictability because life's too short to lose sleep every night for five years wondering if the $100 project you think it is today is ultimately going to turn out to be a $100 project five years from now. And you're betting your career, your reputation, whatever financial commitments, you have a lot on the line. And in my mind, it would be insane not to be moving forward with the very best partners, with the most sophisticated systems, with a track record that ultimately you can rely on that they will deliver in five years from now what they're telling you they're going to deliver today. And without the data and without a system, nobody can provide you that assurance. And that's where a builder and a, a company that's bringing sophisticated tools like Concentric to the table should be getting your attention. Great. I think that was a great way to wrap up. So, Steve, we really appreciate you joining today and talking about the all-important pre-construction phase. My pleasure. I appreciate the great questions and the insights that you're bringing to your audience, and I'm uh, happy to help in any way possible. For those who'd like to learn more about Concentric, they can visit concentric.com. That's C-O-N-C-N-T-R-I-C.com. On the next episode of the Construction Leaders Podcast, we will be joined by two members of CMA's Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Committee. And if you don't want to miss any episodes of the upcoming Season 3, please make sure to download or subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at CMAA underscore HQ. Also, don't forget to leave us a review with your thoughts of today's episode and let us know what you'd like to hear on an upcoming episode. On behalf of CMAA, I'm Carly Trout with Nick Soto. Thank you for listening.